1: Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast, and uh, we're very excited to be partnered with BetMGM this season. Here's the deal if you haven't already signed up for BetMGM, use bonus code PHNX, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works download the BetMGM app and sign up using promo code PHNX. Place a pregame wage, uh, or money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market. Uh, At any standard odds price, you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. And to kick off this partnership, we're doing a massive watch party this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the Bet MGMs at uh, State Farm Arena. Come watch the last stages of college basketball play out. Uh, it's already over, but that's still on here. Plus, if you register and place your first bet with promo code PHNX when you sign up, you'll receive a PHNX t-shirt. And now, let's hear from Shane Diefenbach. Talk about what you need to know about the... Uh, hold on. It's going to... I'm doing this, doing this myself here. So just a second here. Let's see here. And now Let's get the disclaimer from Shane. Not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369, New York. Call 1 800 Next Step, Arizona. 1 800 522 4700, Kansas, Nevada. 1 800 327 5050, Massachusetts. 1 800 bets Off, Iowa. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, there we go. Now. <laughs> joined by the, Welcome to the watch uh, party. Do check out BetMGM. Do check out BetMGM. Yes, exactly. Now, joined by the great William Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. All right, back the A, Mike and Brad, and Rich Carrillo. Rich Carrillo, who I've grown on. Uh, what's happening, Papa Brad? All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk Arizona basketball. We're going to talk Arizona football. And we're going to talk conference realignment. But first... Um, I wanted to get your take. We're going to lead here with Arizona basketball first. Um, I'll give it a lot of people here that are asking. They're like, you know, all these different schools are tied with these different players and people asking, um, uh, you know, uh, what's Tommy Lloyd's plan? What uh, is this? I'm just going to say this, that at this stage in the game, that I do know that he has a plan. But at this stage in the game, Brad, that he's got to be able, you know, we're he's got to be able to make it work. You know, like I said, because if you don't reach out to a ton of different people, you got to be able to hit on the players that you want. And that's something that you got to give Sean Miller a lot of credit for, is that Sean Miller always seemed to have players. He never really was lacking for that. That's something that Lloyd's got to show here.
0: Well, except maybe a true point guard for Sean Miller. Right, true, Um, true. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the plan is. He's obviously reached out to a handful of transfers, Unlike ASU and I think Arkansas, he hasn't reached out to every single transfer in the country like those two teams have seen uh, to ASU actually pulled in a pretty good kid. Yeah, I think uh, it was a good kid. Potentially good kid from from Louisville. Um, Obviously, we know he's looking at the transfer market. Obviously, we know he's looking uh, overseas. Um, I think he's doing some recruiting at home. You know, uh, um, the fact that we haven't seen Dylan Anderson enter the transfer portal is probably a positive sign. The fact that uh, Tubelas has not declared uh, for the draft is probably a positive sign. My guess is he's looking to see what the NIL money is going to be. I don't think it's any coincidence that we were all offered a chance to buy some Tubelas shirts uh, yeah. yesterday on uh, on Twitter. So, uh, yes, there's a plan, but you have to execute the plan. Um The good ones do. The great ones do. Do it every time. Um, Tommy Lloyd has, you know, obviously been pretty good at constructing teams the last two years, even if the tournament runs weren't what we hoped. Um, but he's got to do it again. And yeah, credit. You know, you could talk about Miller. Talk about Lute. Lute needed a big found Rodinovich, uh mid-year. Right. Um, you know, Lute needed a guy. And that was tougher to do back then because you didn't have the the automatic transfer. I mean, in fact, they didn't have grad transfers until near the very end of the Lute Olsen era. Um, if it wasn't the beginning of the Miller era, but now it's a little easier. Um, so we'll see what he can do. I I have confidence in, I have a lot of confidence in Tommy Lloyd, the, the development coach. I have a a good deal of confidence in Tommy Lloyd, the, uh, game day coach. There are still some questions out there with Tommy Lloyd, the recruiter. And again, I don't think it's as bleak as many people do. Um, but it's an open, it's an open question.
1: It's a question it mark, though. I mean, that's that's fair to say. You and I are both Tommy Gunn fans for sure. So let's look at what we have returning this year. A pretty cool little graphic right here. So you'll have Kylan Boswell, who's going to be a sophomore, um, running the point guard spot. Um, let's talk about him first. I I think Kylan Boswell should be able to be something like 15 points, four, uh, four or five assists, and play pretty dogged defense right there. He's a guy that I look to really be the engine of this team this coming year.
0: Yeah, you know, I like Boswell. I'm surprised his numbers is low as that. Sorry, there's a few misprints.
1: No, there are for sure. I, I, uh, yeah. Kyle
0: Larson's apparently 5'8. I know. I think Colin Boswell has proven to us that he's a, a heck of a player. Obviously, some of those numbers of his are a little low because of the early season not playing much. Um, 15 points is a lot of a, it's a huge jump. I, I'm pretty confident that Boswell can, uh, step up his role. And that's one reason, um, our good friend uh, Kirk Kreisa is not here. So yeah, Boswell to me, if Balo comes back, um, you know he still is among if uh, the best players in the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, you have to hope that KJ Lewis can come in and play a role right away, uh, whether it's at the two or the three. Uh, you got to hope that Pella Larson continues uh, at least to be the same guy that we have seen, if not. And assuming uh, to Bella's leaves and either uh, Vesser or Anderson or both, need to to step up their game um I see talent in both of them um I think obviously because he played more i think uh vesar's uh Veser's, uh a more likely candidate to make the leap
1: uh this year um but yeah there's a lot of work to go Okay. Now, um, a lot of people are asking, and again, Pella Larson, much to people's surprise is not five foot eight right there. And he's also not 160 pounds. Basically we put my dimensions under Pella Larson there, Brad. Are you only five, eight, Mike? About five, nine, but I, was say, I
0: thought you were like good five ten five, five, but again, everyone looks tall to me. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, for sure. No, I got that for, but what I do need though, is we need again, and I'm going to be, uh, we're going to talk about KJ Lewis here in a second, right? Cause I think that's a great question there, Christopher. Um, but, uh, Um, Cord Lopez, I will tell you this. Keep saying plan with absolutely no proof. I can't put it out there. I get how pretentious that sounds. But if it doesn't pan out, I will tell you what the plan was. So how about that? I think that's a fair fair, uh, deal right there.
0: Now, Cord, having no longer being active in the media like I was. If you don't think Mike and if you don't think Jason Shear are talking to people in and around the program – you're not going to say who, not going to say how close to the program. You're foolish. Guess what? You know who else is the guys that go AZ, the guys at 247, at the guys at the start. You, you talk to people, and it may not be directly with Tommy himself, but you don't put out that there's a plan without there being a plan. That's just how the game works. So I can confidently say that if Mike is saying there's a plan, there's a plan. Now, the plan may fail. Um, you know, here, ready for the drinking game. The chiefs have a plan at wide receiver. I don't know what it is. I'm very worried about it right now, but teams have a plan again. It's now executing that plan. Miller had a plan. Didn't always work out,
1: but what I can't have happen is this though. Um, I think we're at the stage when you're dealing with international players. My, one of my concerns about Tommy Lloyd and keep in mind, I always got to preface this by saying Tommy Lloyd's been awesome. Um, but I do feel that the international route now just kind of becomes a catch-all for everything, where, you know what? Well, we'll just go get three guys overseas. Well, when you look at it this past year, you had Henry Vasar come in. who was supposed to be this big-time player. And again, he might still be, but he's a ways off. Philly B, same situation, really wasn't able to contribute this year. And so when you just rely on that, to me, that's kind of hit or miss, and you're probably getting about a 33% immediate value there. Tabellis was able to play immediately. Uh, Like you said, Ivan Rodenovich was able to play immediately. But those have kind of proven to be the exception so far, William.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at Umar Bala, who obviously Tommy recruited to uh, Gonzaga. took him three years. Um, And there are several reasons now. You can also look at the two teams that played for the national title last night, each had at least one and I think a few guys uh, from Africa. Um, Now, I don't know what their career development was because I don't follow those programs closely. Um, My guess is it's typically pretty it's typically slower for the guys from Africa because unless they are in the minor league system of a European team, they're just not facing the competition. But what you have with all the international players, you have a style change. The European game, very different from the American game. You have a culture change. Um, You know, most of these guys are not coming from, you know, they're not coming from London, which can kind of resemble the East Coast. Um, So there's a language issue. There is an education issue. A lot of these guys are in these uh, athletic um, programs so while they're getting good education, it's very different because it's centered around uh the club team they play for. Um, you know, so and then imagine the uh, just adjustment to college from being a kid. Um, you know, for some of these guys, they meet their right. first girlfriend or they meet their first drink or they meet their first homework assignment where mom and dad aren't there to help them. Uh, mom and dad are six time zones away or nine times, so there's a huge. Right thing it's not just talent because you can all look at omar Ballo and go that guy's talented i look at henry Vesar and go that guy's talented but it has to come together if it's going to come together um you know forget all the other you know muhammad Tangera is a great example uh he actually played in america at a prep school would he have been
1: good if he wasn't just eating saltine crackers
0: uh if he didn't blow out his back people forget he had a huge back injury
1: well, isn't that because he was just eating saltine crackers? It might have been,
0: yeah. And for those of you who don't know, he literally was eating, like, the free saltine crackers at the salad bar so he could send his meal money home. Yes. Um, but that guy, well, I saw him play in high school. He sure did look like Pete Williams to me. And Pete Williams said he looks like a better Pete Williams to me. Um. So, yeah, so that's the challenge. Now, let's not pretend there aren't challenges with American players. Um. You know, Miller brought in five-star guys who did not contribute. Josiah Turner liked um, some recreational things when he liked basketball. Who was the big guy from New Orleans who had all kinds of uh, Um,
1: issues? Craig Uh, Victor.
0: Yes, Craig Victor, you know. Um, And other guys just aren't fits. I mean, you know, Alonzo Trier was a terrific player. Didn't fit the system. Uh, Kobe Simmons is in the NBA. Didn't fit Miller's system. So that's why I'm not ready to pronounce KJ Lewis as a surefire solution. Do I think, do I love his tape? Yes. Do I think he's a terrific player? Yes. But again, A, that's a lot of pressure to put on an 18-year-old kid. B, you, just you know what want I to like about if- him, though?
1: And again, I don't want to compare him to like Hassan Adams or anything like that. Cause Hassan came in ready to Hassan. I think you can make the case was underutilized as a freshman. Um, but what I do like about him though, is he's a next level athlete and he's strong and he's physical. That is something that we definitely, we didn't necessarily have an abundance of this year, Brad.
0: Yeah. Like Nick Howard saying, he's a dog. Right. Uh, in, in a good way. That's an A W G dog. not an OG dog. Right. Um, Is that a read later? Maybe. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, again, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Now, again, you never know. Andre Iguodala was mediocre as a freshman. Hassan Adams is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mike Hassan was better as a
1: sophomore, too, than Andre was as a sophomore.
0: Yeah. And then again, like, you know, Mike D came in and I would argue Mike D, you know, was obviously a better pro player than Miles Simon. Miles Simon was miles ahead when they got to campus. Um, some guys take longer and, you know, just look at who is the kid who just transferred out of Oregon? Five-star kid, barely played. Why? Mm-hmm. He just wasn't the fit, wasn't ready. Who knows? I mean, all these kids in the transfer portal. So again, I like KJ Lewis. I'd be very surprised if he's not the starting two guard next year uh, or maybe playing an undersized three, but you can't count on it. So you still have to find some guys in the transfer portal or again, Europe, and- I would like to diminish the, the European thing mostly because and maybe I'm maybe I'm this is the old man, you know, that seed in in Moneyball where they're talking about like, you know, how, I know exactly
1: where you're going. Yes.
0: But part of the reason I think there was a lack of energy in the tournament is again. And I mentioned this on your last show. I mentioned it in my podcast. These guys didn't grow up with the NCAA tournament. Right. To them, it's secondary to representing their country. And, and as it probably should be, um, you know, if if you're the best five under-18 players in Estonia, you're playing on the U18 national team, if not the regular national team. Whereas if you're a top-five player in the high school class of of 2023, you probably played on the U18, but you're not competing for world
1: championships like real ones. I mean, that's what the pros do. So – but that's where the portal, I think, is kind of the great equalizer here. And by the way, I would have loved to have seen how Lute Olson would have navigated the portal because I think he would have been a master at it. But how you, look, what how many
0: transfers didn't hit for him? When he brought a transfer in,
1: they were good. I
0: mean, obviously, Luke Record didn't work out because he never but played. But that was because he
1: was that's because he almost died.
0: But uh Brian Williams, uh Lauren you know, Woods down the list. Lauren Woods, uh, Dylan
1: Rigdon, even
0: and, and Rick again. Yeah. And that was kind of a, that was one of those guys who just wanted a chance to play up, but yeah, loot would have been fun. Cause again,
1: Chris Mills,
0: Loot was a master, uh, evaluator. He right. rarely missed on a kid from a physical thing. Sometimes there was things you couldn't, uh, you know, judge, you know, um, certain guys not being good kids or, or things like that, especially later in his career. But, he didn't miss often on his evaluations. A lot of times he brought in guys knowing they were going to be role players and everyone else hyped them up, but privately he's like, no, he's, 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 he's just a role player.
1: All right. Well, you know what is right now you got the four peaks and you could say to yourself, they're role players, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to be role players right here. And four peaks, the official brew of PHNX uh, sports as well. Check it out. I have had four peaks. I've had a kilt lifter before. Here's the deal though. You got the NFL draft coming up. New coach, new GM. The Cardinals have the third pick in the draft. It's a big opportunity for the Cardinals. The best place to take in this pivotal moment and the rest of the NFL draft is on April 27th at four peaks, eight street pub must be 21 years or up. And our good friends at tap and bottle Scott, Rebecca was texting with them earlier. Great people. William has known them for a while. I have known them for a while. Good people, again, support local. You can many times get Four Peaks is there, there as well. Check out the downtown or the northwest, uh, location, northwest location. Great people right there and support a great product. Um, but that's where, again, with the portal, though, there's no more excuses for me in this. Again, and we're going to get to uh, some conference realignment here in a second, but you've got to be able. Other schools are doing it. Um, this is where... You look at Kansas State, and we had the graphic up the other day. You got Keontae Johnson, you got Marquise Nowell. Those were the backbone of your team. You look at Texas. Heck, you look at what UConn was able to do. You look at Gonzaga. They are out there. Tommy Lloyd has a Tommy Lloyd has a lot to sell. He's got a fun product. He's got a fun style. He's got playing time. To me, there's no uh there's no excuse not to get difference makers this offseason, Brad.
0: No, I mean you talk about the combination of Proven success, sending guys to the pros, weather, uh, conference, environment. Yeah, you should be able to get guys. Um, and that's, again, one reason I'm a little concerned with his high school recruiting. Because the style they play, I, I again, I'm not saying it can't happen. Because, um, again, if Sean Miller doesn't get three guys from USC, right, uh, and two guys who were committed to Xavier, we're not talking about his first recruiting class because he missed on a bunch of guys that year. including a guy who went to South Florida. Um, right, but yeah, but they have to land some guys. They have to land some difference makers. Uh, as much as we all like Seth Henderson, you can't have three Seth Hendersons in this class.
1: We're fine Indeed. with Seth Henderson. It's Seth Henderson is a great seventh guy, a fantastic yes. seventh guy.
0: They probably again, if Tubelis leaves, and I think he's leaning that way, um, you, you got to find you know your number two or your uh, number three guy. Uh, you know, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Boswell and, and Bolo are one and two in some regards. So you got to find a fringe all pack 12 type player. Um, and, 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 and that, those guys are out there, but you got to find them and you got to hit on them. You know, if you're going to take a guy from a mid major or a low major, um, you got to make sure they are, you know, more TJ McConnell than, you know, some of these other guys.
1: Cord Lopez, I will say this, look for connections. That's my only, uh, that's my only clue and look for connections. Just look for connections right there. That's all I can say. And again, we talked about player from the Midwest. Check it out. Yeah. Um, And
0: and again, part of the reason they're not, Mike's not giving out names is I can tell you this staff doesn't want a lot of names out there. No. Um, and again, I get, okay. I used to do recruiting when loot was around. Right. I talked to people close to the program. Sometimes they wanted guys to everyone to know Arizona was after a guy. And sometimes. You know what? When Jawan McClellan committed, no one knew. Even though it was obvious Arizona was going to go after him. They didn't advertise Gilbert Arenas because they didn't want anyone else involved. Um,
1: other guys, that's a, that that one, you totally understand. Let's just get this kid to campus.
0: Yeah. Roddy tension discovered that guy. Um, and yeah, yeah. so yeah, just get him because he was going to blow up the minute anyone figured it out. Um, so again, that is one reason Mike's not, and again, if you, if you follow Jason's message board, you know, he's known about, he knew about VASAR. He couldn't say it. He hinted about it um because the staff doesn't want it out there because a lot of these guys are under contract contract right uh, whatever the player development thing they do in Europe they don't want other teams snatching them away because other teams aren't sending guys to Europe to scout these guys so right. uh, i'll do that
1: Brad and Mike, with SDSU successful, they snatch quality domestic recruits from Arizona? I don't believe so because I think they're looking for a different kind of player. But that's another school right there. Transfer portal guys. You look at Matt Bradley right there, a kid from Cal, obviously. You look at uh, – you got multiple other guys there as well that they were able to bring in that were difference makers, that weren't just kind of – Rotational dudes.
0: I will say this: I think if San Diego State winds up in the same conference as Arizona, and I don't know what conference no. that's going to be, I think it will step up their recruiting. um One of the reasons we have seen a decline in in the two Washington schools, um originally Washington State, now the Huskies, is Gonzaga gets those guys. Oh, a lot of those guys.
1: You know what it um, is, though, too, Brad. Same, like, same thing.
0: Same thing that happened to Washington State football for a while. Boise State took all those guys. Right, Because um, Washington State used to get those fringe guys from L.A. who didn't have the great grades, and all of a sudden, they're going to
1: Boise State. You know what doesn't work, though, at Washington, in my opinion? The old white guy that runs the zone defense. In my opinion, you've got to be able to tailor that higher to Seattle. You've got to be able to tailor that higher to – now, granted, Romar ran its course, but I think you've got to be able to get guys in there that can really get those type of players.
0: No, you, you need a guy – And I don't know who that guy is, but I think you need young. I think ideally in most large market schools, you you want an African-American head coach. I think UCLA is the exception. And I'm a little bit surprised Cronin has worked as well as he has. But, you know, if Brandon Roy ever wanted to make the jump to high D1 coaching, I think he would go in and crush it. I uh, I think
1: he'd wall off all of Seattle immediately.
0: Wall off Seattle, probably Portland as well. Right. um, Because of his ties to, to, to that, uh, you know, community, obviously, as well from his playing days. um, But, yeah, that's the kind of guy I think you need there. And again, um, Mike Hopkins had one good season, his first season using mm-hmm. Romar's guys. He's been awful. I don't know why he's still there. I've, and I'm not a fire the coach guy, but it's obvious he's not the answer. So
1: why keep him? We're going to get into that in a second here when we talk about the conference and uh, expand. Well, you know what, Brad, let's get into it right now. That's another reason that I want to leave the Pac-12. Look at how many of these schools just don't look like they care about athletics. Let's talk about Stanford for a second. I grew up and Stanford was one of the top 10 to 12 programs in the country year in and year out. I know they, they only really have the warrant. Yes. Yes. You had Stanford right there. Then Cal was always kind of in the mix. Granted, they were cheating. But either way, they were bringing in Jason Kidd. They were bringing in Lamon Murray. They were bringing in the Jelani Gardeners of the world. They were bringing in high-caliber players. And then you look at the era, too, with Tedford where you had you know your Aaron Rodgers, your Marshawn Lynch, etc. Those schools now don't care about athletics. Then you look at a school like Washington. Like you said, why is Mike Hopkins still there? He's clearly not the answer. I mean, these are just schools upon schools that clearly don't care about athletics.
0: I will go a step further. ASU. It's obvious Bobby Hurley will never take you to the next level. Now, if you were... Content- but at least he doesn't
1: suck, though.
0: No, but if you... And this is where, again, it's it's tough. Because much like... Um, you know, much like some of the guys at, at the end of the Romar era... I'll tell you the best one. Ernie Kent at Oregon. It was obvious that he could not get over the hump. Right. So if you're Oregon, you have aspirations of being an elite program. You had to get rid of early. Kent. they ran with him for too long? Bobby Hurley. I don't think will ever be anything more than a second week or first weekend coach. Mm-hmm. And while I think it would be very difficult for ASU to be anything more than that, what they are. With there the is talent, a higher
1: apex is what you're saying,
0: but with the talent there. Um, he should be better. Um, it, it Again, take out the Mobleys of the world. Is ASU's talent, which if they were all together, if he wasn't keep losing kids, discernibly different than USC, except at the highest end. I know USC has the Mobleys or whatever. Infield has done a better job at USC with kind of similar talent because he retains his talent. Guys aren't bailing on USC. Um, like. I mean, well, isn't that just because he
1: turning over their roster again? Isn't that just because of kind of a, uh, um, uh, the schizophrenic nature of Bobby Hurley? I mean, you watch, and which is kind of a, you know, which is a fly. You watch, and I got into this, and this is a little bit off topic. You watch Danny Hurley, and you watch Bobby Hurley. I know Danny Hurley can get on the officials. That Danny Hurley can go crazy. But you watch Danny Hurley, though, and there's also moments where you can tell, all right, I got to calm this one down. I got to be serious. That is something that he possesses that Bobby Hurley just doesn't possess and won't ever possess. It's kind of the Mike Stoops, uh, Bob Stoops situation.
0: Yeah. Um and, and part of me wonders what Bobby Hurley's like, well, look at how he treated what's his face? Uh the brother. Um Marcus Bagley.
1: Bagley.
0: He threw that kid under the bus. Right. Now Bagley may have deserved it. I've heard things that he's a, a butthead behind the scenes. Look at the shirt his dad wore. Yeah. The dad taking Nike money. I mean, they're probably not an easy kid to deal with, but he publicly threw that kid under the bus. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't send my kid there. Right. Um, you know, if I wanna if I wanna for lack of a better word, a a, a hard, butt. to, to, you know, I have the choice of Mick Cronin or Bobby Hurley. I'm taking Mick Cronin every day of
1: the week. Um, Because at least Mick Cronin is, and again, it's kind of the Sean Miller thing, the Mick Cronin thing. Yes, they can go crazy. But at the end of the day though, there's also still somewhat of a uh, Danny Hurley, the same way, still somewhat of a professional factor in play there that Bobby Hurley just is incapable of possessing.
0: Uh, I look at it this way. Look at Mick Cronin defend his players, fight for his players, right? Uh, Promoting Jaime Hockey as for player of the year. Um, You know, I could Again, I wouldn't I don't I don't think he's warm and fuzzy, but I'm guessing he's pretty good to his guys behind the scenes, especially the guys who commit to playing his style. And I don't think Bobby Hurley's that guy. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, and I'm saying this, you know, Stanford needs a new coach. Yes. Oregon State needs a new coach. I get that you couldn't fire him after the Elite Eight run, but it's obvious he's not the answer. And I'm not sure anyone's the answer to Oregon State. And that might be part of the problem, too,
1: with the Pac-12. So a you can't bit, win stop at Oregon there.
0: State. You can't win at Washington State the way they're built right now. You can't win at Cal right now.
1: Well, let me stop you right there. Just think about all the schools that we're talking about, though, that you really can't win at a high level or you have questions about where their athletic programs priorities are or their overall institutional priorities. You start with Cal. You start with Stanford. Then you go up to Oregon State. Then you go up to Washington State. Then you go to Washington, to a lesser extent, ASU. These are all schools right here where you wonder – do you really care? And you, because you probably know you already have the guy that can't get you to that next level.
0: Yeah. And if you look, look at again, and I know we've talked about the Big 12, and I know people might be, but even the schools I would have said you can't win at, you're winning at TCU, because they went mm-hmm. out now. Grant, they got lucky. He's an alum, but they got, they got Jamie Dixon. Um, look at Kansas football this year. As soon as they started winning a couple games, they put 50,000 people in that stadium. Um, And then they came back down to earth, but yeah, there is a commitment to athletics I think is missing. And again, that some of that's that West coast malaise. Some of it is, unfortunately, you've got a lot of programs in and around big cities and it's tough to compete with pro sports right now. So if you're Washington and again, you don't have the NBA there, but you are going to soon again, probably. You're dealing with the Mariners and the Seahawks and, um, you know, if you're Oregon, even, and Oregon is probably a bad example because their athletic department is very good, but they're essentially a, a suburb of Portland. I mean, I know they're not exactly, but um, ASU is always going to play second fiddle to the pro teams up there. Um, you know, th- there's a reason PHNX doesn't just have ASU because uh, <laughs> I'm guessing they're Cardinals. Get more of you. The Suns right now with KD. You know, if you have your choice, you have 50 bucks, you want to go courtside at. Uh, an ASU game, or do you want to go Rafters for a KD game? I know which one I'm taking.
1: By the uh, way, is that not the ultimate Suns thing ever, though? And Brad and I are long-suffering Suns fans, so we can say this. The Suns get KD, and guess what they're probably going to get in the first round? The Warriors, a fully loaded, healthy Warriors team. Come on, yeah. man.
0: And then somehow some guy will step off the bench and or break his nose or blow out his Achilles. Just so like, you know, weak.
1: Weapons. Right. By the way, Brad, have I told you about Illegal Pete's before? You have. And All I, right,
0: and I want to hear more.
1: All right, that is that is the kind of uh, go getter spirit that we like hearing. All right, here's the deal: Illegal Pete's. You can go downtown in here in Tucson on University. Our university, or you can go to Tempe, Illegal Pete's delicious ingredients and customizable options are the perfect way to treat your guests to a culinary adventure. They'll never forget a culinary adventure. I like that to book your catering uh, order, head to ca- uh, catering.illegalpetes.com Plus be on the lookout for our PHNX uh, crew uh, we will be doing live shows at the Illegal Pete's Tempe location on April 15th. Again, Great drinks, mouth-watering food—you name it, they've got it. And OGs you might say to yourself, "Mike, what can OGs do?" Here's what OGs can do. Maybe you're somebody like William, Brad, Alice, and you have a hard time sleeping at night. OGs is here for you, right here. And there's so much more than gummies. They are about the culture. And everything we do, they are truly about making the experience and weaving into the fabric of PHNX. Okay, so again, the Sleep Edition gummies are live and active, plus tons more. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary by checking out OGs.com. Must be 21 years or up to enjoy. Rich Carrillo with a great uh, point right here. They should hire Pasternak. They tried to hire Pasternak. He didn't want the job. That's the key. And if you're Pasternak, it's smart because you don't want that job.
0: The irony is... Pastor, that could wind up at Stanford in a year. Right. Um, I, I'll go with my conspiracy theory, too. I think, and this is, I think there's two jobs to look at for the future of Arizona basketball in case Tommy Lloyd ever winds up at Gonzaga. Look at what Damon does at Georgia Tech the next few years. And keep an eye on Pasternak. I think those two guys could be in play at Arizona if Lloyd ever leaves. I don't know if he would. Damon's man. I'll
1: tell you what though. Damon's in a rough spot. Georgia Tech's a tough place to win now because you would. We Bobby Kremen's kind of had the template because you had all those point guards in succession. But man, those days are far in the background.
0: Yeah, but if you can even just start keeping some kids home from Atlanta, from from you know, grab a few kids from from South Carolina, things like that. You should be able to do it, but again, it's not. It's, it's an. It's a. It's a big city school, and and they play fifth fiddle. Um, right. You know, not only have to compete with the three pro sports, you have to compete with uh, the, the bulldogs. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So it's tough.
1: Now, let me ask you this before, uh, if Arizona, another reason I like the Big 12 is, yes, it might take some lumps at first, but you know what would get exposed very quickly? Roster shortcomings and roster building shortcomings in the Big 12, because every single game is brutal, essentially. I mean, it's not just Kansas. It's not just Baylor. It's Kansas State. It's TCU. It's Iowa State. You got Houston coming in. You got Cincinnati. I mean, it's across the board. It is. It is, it's just loaded. I mean, I, you know.
0: That said, and again, if you're Arizona, you're the second marquee there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's for sure.
0: Because all those teams you mentioned, with the exception of kind of Cincy, have had trouble maintaining their success. Um, Kansas is a the is a blue blood. They may be second only to you know third to Kentucky and Carolina, um, but. As good as Baylor's been, if if Drew's not there, what's Baylor? Uh, Baylor basketball had no success before.
1: You bring in uh, Dave Bliss.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, Kansas State. Fun story this year. Eh, when was their last Elite Eight? Eighty-eight. I'm also think, curious
1: or? if they can keep that coach around too, because keep he's got the coach a big. Around field. and keep
0: guys coming in. I mean, Manhattan, Kansas, is essentially Pullman, Washington. Yeah. Um, with Jamie May- Dixon though at
1: TCU, doing a very nice job
0: yes but if dixon how old's dixon now again so you've got oh it's loaded i mean as long as kelvin sampson's at houston and i'm assuming his kid's gonna get the job when he leaves you know as long as huggy bears at west virginia uh cincinnati is cincinnati they're rarely going to be down so it's it's a better conference top to bottom um and arizona would probably drop two or three more conference games a year uh but uh you should be in good shape. Just like, again, UCLA basketball is in for a rude awakening where they go to the Big Ten. At the end of the day, they're still UCLA basketball. They're going to be top two or three programs there. Um, Brad, we do not talk
1: positively players. about Big Ten basketball on this show. We don't. Well,
0: that's the other reason UCLA is going to be successful there. It's not as good a con- – it's a better top to bottom, but the top's not as but good. But they all still suck. The top's still not as good as the Pac-12 top two. So, All
1: right here's the thing when you've got Zach Edey, the national player of the year, and four guys that look like Mike Luke and William Brad Allis running around, that is the epitome of Big Ten basketball. You know, the epitome of Big Ten basketball player Hunter Dickinson, who has entered the transfer portal, a big, slow prodder, you know, that guy plotter, excuse me.
0: In reality, what the Big 12 was, the Big 12, uh, one to nine was most conference was a really good conference without any elite teams at the top. Uh, The top four teams in the big 12 were better. The top four teams in the big East were better. Now the 11th place team in the big 10, because there's 74 teams was probably better than any other conferences, 11th place team. So was there a grind? Yeah, kind of, but the top was not the quality that these other leagues were. And that showed in the tournament. There's a reason the Big East had, what, four teams in the Sweet 16 and, and the eventual national champion. That was a grind. And if you look at what UConn did, they had one bad month, one bad two-week stretch. And other than that, we're pretty dominant all year. And Tommy's left,
1: nut. I will take, yes, I have to check this out. Field of 68 has started to be on the bandwagon of the Big Ten not being very good. It's a movement we have to, listen, I have no problem being on the front line of this movement right here. But it's something that has to be exposed, and it has to be exposed at the highest degree. All comers welcome right here.
0: It's a deep league. It's not a good league.
1: Thank you. That's the best way of putting it.
0: Again, the difference between team number two and team number 13 is minimal. The problem, You know what is, it is? Every Team, team is, number
1: two finishes fourth in the pack. Every team is ASU. I, the different styles, obviously, but from an impact perspective, fringe tournament team. So therefore, it's a bunch of fringe tournament teams playing each other, and therefore they look better than they are. They still stick. We're on to
0: yeah. I agree with you.
1: Okay, now let's talk about some Arizona football here. I'm gonna the star of this uh, spring scrimmage was T Mac. Um, I, I assume you saw those uh, those catches that uh, they. Uh, this kid is. I'll be honest with you. I was a little skeptical skeptical is not the right word, but I wanted to see him be able to do what he did at the high school level against college players. And towards the end of the season last year, he started dominating. This guy's just got a next level feel to it. And along with cowing, if they can stay healthy, I said this yesterday and I stand by this, William, I believe that's as good a receiving duo as there is in the country. There might be ones as good. I don't know that there's anybody better though. Am I just being stupid?
0: No, I mean, Obviously, I'm I'm guessing the Ohio State has two better guys because they always do. They seem to be twenty deep at wide receiver. But no, the fact that you can the fact that you can't immediately name a better duo bodes well. And again, uh, if if someone says, Well, they're the fifth best duo in the country, okay. When has Arizona ever had the fifth best receiving right. duo yes. in the country. So yes,
1: it's a very, very was nice. Den- group. Let me ask you this. Was Dennis and Jeremy was that one of the top five duos in the country? It's so hard to say because they were underutilized. Right. Well, that right.
0: Um, my guess is probably not. McDaniel was really good, but he wasn't. I mean, I'm guessing. You know, obviously, T Mac's a first round fringe first round guy. Cowing might not be because
1: of his size, but but Cowing's probably Dennis though.
0: Yes, exactly. Um. So yeah. So T Mac's more talented than McDaniel. He hasn't put up those numbers yet. Right, actually, he probably has. My guess is McDaniel probably never had more than five, six hundred yards.
1: Just well, he, Arizona, had, he, had, he had about nine hundred. He had about nine hundred yards. His okay, uh,
0: but yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm more bashing on poor Dick Tomey's right. lack of throwing the ball. But yeah, right. it's, it, it's a they were very good together. Obviously, Arizona's had some very good, but this is probably the best one-two punch potentially that Arizona has ever had.
1: You know who else was very intriguing to watch? And his pops was there as well, but uh, Key and Burnett. He it's it's funny, he's kind of been overlooked in all of this right here, but Kean Burnett um is a player that I would love to see make that next step. Now, again, you've already got Tanner McLaughlin at tight end, who's very, very good. But Key and Burnett, you just look at him physically, how much different he looks. And keep in mind, this was this was the kind of player that Arizona doesn't generally get. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. Um, I would love to see him take that next step and basically force his way onto the field field, William.
0: Yeah, and again, I think the interesting about Burnett is can he develop at least for this year into that that hybrid? Um, because with his pro background, Jed Fish should be in a good position to utilize kind of that hybrid tight end that so many NFL teams utilize that a lot of the college teams don't. Uh, you know, McLaughlin is more of your traditional, even though he can line up wide, but he's you know he's a, he's he was he too. 40, and I don't think right. Burnett's there yet Unless he's really had a good year in the weight room Which he might But Burnett's more athletic mm-hmm. um, So I'd love to see Burnett be again Used as that hybrid type And use McLaughlin more as a traditional uh, Line up Burnett Sometimes in the two tight end set Sometimes line him up in the slot Heck, <laughs> line him up at fullback and motion him out uh, There's just a lot of things you can do With a, a player who's a tight end But an athletic tight end And I'd like to see Arizona utilize that formation, especially now that you are missing, um, singer. And, you know, obviously there's some young guys who look the part, but you know, if you have to line up cowing more on the outside because of personnel, then, you know, put Burnett in the
1: slot. Let's talk about Dwayne Akeenan Now, uh, coming back here now, again, he's an analyst. I would imagine he'll be on the staff next year if he wants to, but he's an analyst. Um, you watch, uh, I'll, there's a comfort level for me in having Dwayne Akina back in the program. Cause again, Johnny Nansen could turn out Johnny Nansen could be a great DC. I don't know. But I do know that the defense took a step back last year. It just, was, it just wasn't as good. There's, You know, I think it's hard to argue that. And I think a big part of that was the secondary in which, especially in that ASU game, it felt like it was kind of that Marcel Yates thing again where, you know what, let's just give them 10 yards up front and hopefully they don't beat us over the field. That's not going to happen with Dwayne Aquino right there. I love having his eyes on the product right now, even if he's not a full-time coach.
0: Yeah, and right now he's getting the coach on the field because, I guess, Ricky Hundley is on the DL. I hope Ricky feels better. Um, There's some also talk they may reassign some guys and put Akina. But I'll tell you what, one of the great examples of just what a bulldog Dwayne Akina is. He came in at the end of the Stoops era. Um, You know, obviously, that's what now, 10 plus years ago, but he wasn't a spring chicken. And I can tell you at that point, some coaches had checked out on the staff. And he, along with, uh, David Nickel, who recently passed away, um, a, another good dude. And I want to say Joe, big Joe mm-hmm. held that recruiting class together. Right. Um, now they end up losing some guys. They shouldn't because again, some other coaches checked out, but those guys came in, they came in late in the process and they held a recruiting class together and at, at that time, he was 50-something years old. Akina didn't need to do that. He was brought in to coach, not recruit, but he did. Um, I think, you know, he's not going to be a guy who I don't think is going to be the pound-the-pavement guy uh, if he is brought on staff. But the fact is, he can pick up the phone and get coaches all over the West Coast to answer. Right. Um, he has a reputation. He has developed pro after pro after pro. Um, and, frankly, loves the University of Arizona. Or he wouldn't right. keep coming back. He's now in his third state in Arizona.
1: Um, so yeah, I also I also love him being able to work with some of these because I think there's definitely talent in that defensive backfield, but it's raw talent. I mean, you look at a kid like a price Hawk, who was a four-star kid, you look at a um, uh, in the backfield, Genesis Smith coming in there at safety. Davis. Yeah, yeah, to Cario Davis, exactly. There's talent there, but it's again if you watched it, it's raw. Now, one thing, though, that you don't have to worry about is Octane Raceway and Mavericks. All right, here's the deal. nothing, There's nothing like it in the valley right there. The ultimate place for fun for both kids and adults like William Brad Alice. Book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Cart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks. Watch all the NCAA games at Maverick in the uh, trophy room and patio. Get a free debt $10 game card when you purchase an entry in the trophy room. Check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. Brad, I'm going to say it right now. I expect Arizona to go bowling this year. Have you changed your opinion? They
0: better go bowling. Um, and I've looked at that schedule. I can make a case for four wins, I can make a case for eight wins. And a part agree. of it is, I don't know how good a few teams are going to be. Right. Um, I do not know what to expect out of Colorado. I do right. not know what to expect out of ASU. Frankly, uh, yeah, I know they got the high profile guy. I don't know what to expect out of Oregon State, and I like their coach. Uh, I just don't know. They lost a lot. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect out of a lot of these teams. Uh, so. You know, Mississippi State's going to be interesting without the the pirate there. Uh, you know, again, another rest in peace. Um, so yeah, Arizona's schedule. Again, you could tell me four, I'd believe you. You could take the the what is it the over? like four and a half. Mm-hmm. I would probably lean towards taking the over. Take the over. Uh, but yeah, but the fact is, Arizona better meet or exceed last year for for us to feel good about the Jed Fish era. Um, it, it's again, the schedule easy. No. Is it daunting? No. No. Um, it's, it's, it's what you have to play. So let's let's get it done. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested. Again, I think it's going to come down to line play. I feel good-ish about the offensive line. Still got a lot of questions about the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: and I, I need to see more out of those safeties, too. All right. He is the great William Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. William, do you have any podcasts coming out this week?
0: Yeah, I'll have something at uh, the end of the week, one or two. Uh, talking a little U of A, I was trying to hope to see if we got any more breaking news right. on either the basketball or the or the football front, but and no one needs to hear any more about Caitlin
1: Clark and Angel Reese, and it's it's he, Let's he, by the it. way, Brad, your your tweet hit the nail on the head right there. I was very happy to retweet that tweet.
0: Okay, again, to sum it up, I think it was poor sportsmanship. I don't think it's worth. She's not classless, and it's not worth the the, the column inches. Let's right. more talk about what a beast Angel Reese is on the offensive glass and just how freaking good Caitlin Clark is. Um, that girl was as advertised. So let's, right. let's dwell on that. And not John Cena. Who cares? Again, yeah. would I want my little league kids doing it? No. Um, am I going to lose my mind over it? No. And Caitlin Clark said as much today, like it's trash yeah. talk. Let's treat the women the same as we treat the men.
1: He's brought Alice on Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ wildcats podcast. <laughs>